Welcome to Building the Future, Freedom, Prosperity, and Foreign Policy, a podcast series focused on updating the United States soft power playbook to meet the hopes and aspirations of developing countries because it's in America's interest to do so. I'm Dan Rundy, Senior Vice President at CSIS. There are a lot of global challenges out there, so let's get started. Welcome to another episode of Building the Future with Dan Rundy. I'm here today with my friend Serena Faizi, who's a former provincial council member in Afghanistan and a leading advocate of women's rights. She has worked extensively with NGOs, youth and civil society, international security forces and provincial governments in Kandahar, Afghanistan. Serena is also currently a research intern with us at the CSIS Project on Prosperity and Development. She's a young person who's had an incredible life to date and has had a very accomplished life to date. And she's here to talk about her experiences in Afghanistan, the work she's done on advocacy and gender equality, and the outlook for human rights in Afghanistan following the Taliban takeover. Serena, I'm really pleased you've agreed to let me podcast you. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me here. And it's great to be just here and go over about the questions and what is happening right now in Afghanistan. So, Serena, you were a former provincial council member in Kandahar. When did you first realize you wanted to become an advocate for women's rights in Afghanistan? And what was there a moment that prompted that? There is always a moment that, you know, we take a big decision, especially, you know, being a provincial council member, which is not easy because you got to like do the campaign and get the trust of the people to vote for you. And being in Afghanistan as a woman, it's not easy. And I was really, really young. I was 16 when I elect myself for Kandahar Provincial Council membership. There was a moment that I was at the school and there was a lot of stuff going on regarding women's rights and women's stuff and women activities and a lot of restrictions regarding women, what to do, what to not, and making laws for women, but not you know, applying that back on the boys either. Like nobody was focusing on the boys, but just everything for women specifically. So for the change and to kind of bring some new formulas and idea and strategy for women and make a way and open the door for other women in the future. So I, I elect myself for Kandahar Provincial Council membership, which was, I think, the best decision that I have ever made. And were you born in Afghanistan? Yes, I born in Kandahar, Afghanistan, which was used to be the capital of Taliban. I grew up there. I grew up in the big family, Pashtun family, and my father was in the special forces of Afghanistan. My mother was a doctor. So, uh, yeah. And where is your family now? Most likely all the people from Afghanistan, they moved out. So my family also, with help of Canadian government, I moved them out of Afghanistan to Canada right now. Tell me about your work with youth and civil society in Kandahar, and what did you accomplish with them? As I said, I was so young and the support of uh, when I kind of filter my own voting system that who and from where I did get the support that was most likely youths in back in Kandahar, Afghanistan. So my focus was and my goal was to kind of work for them and with them. And closely, we created a lot of different groups that was active to do some social activities rather than just being a provincial council member because the title may sound really nice, but the work was really difficult for me to do it as a female there. But with the help of them, that was kind of like making things easy for me. And my focus and my team focus was how to get education for them and open the opportunity for them to get the highest education like in India, Pakistan, and even though Iran and inside of the Afghanistan for female, because most likely women were not allowed to go without any mahram outside of the country. But, you know, talking to their family, convincing them, that was my main goal to do it. And of course, I work with the part of women's rights. They're so closely regarding their divorce, regarding their property rights. 
because that's the huge problem back in Afghanistan. What did you do as a provincial council member to advance women's rights and economic opportunities? I was working in provincial council. Generally, I was a provincial council member, but inside of the provincial council member, as we were 19th members, so each member had a different group and they should like work with the group. And my group was, my team was to work with international community like embassies and international organization, non-profit and profit organization in Afghanistan, which was most likely my close connection was with the USID and the embassies to represent Afghan uh, youths back on the international platform and how to give them an idea that what exactly as Afghan woman I need. It's not just about Serena, it's about the thousands and millions of youths back there that they don't have their voice and you have to be their voice for them. So my job was so close with the international community. Tell me about how you worked with the international community. Well, you know, we work with a different projects, like one of the biggest projects with the USID that I was closely, you know, even though I got the internship with the USID about the Women Promote project. That was for five years project to like how to work with women to develop their economic part. If that was finding a job for them, if that was educating them in their own skills, because in Afghanistan, all women are not educated and they all don't have access to the school. So whatever skill they have, how we can like build that skill really strongly to concrete that skill inside of them to rebuild back their small businesses and change that to open the marketing away for them. So this was our goal. That was one of the biggest projects that I work with the USID. Got it. That's amazing. How did you get along with other provincial council members who I imagine were mostly male and much older than you? They were really older than me. And most likely when I was going to like talk about some of the stuff and put my ideas there, they would say, hey, you are not allowed to talk because you're so young and you got to just sit and listen to us. Even though most of them were not, you know, never have been to schools and I was in the college and law student back in Afghanistan. So that was so difficult for me to kind of like quietly listen because I'm not a listener. I'm not going to listen to something that is wrong. I'm going to speak up about that. So that was really hard for me. And we had a lot of fights over even though the social media and there was a lot of articles and stuff like that regarding me. And I faced more than two bombs because of that and got some really serious attack that I lost some of my family members and that. But as we all say that once you take it, something, you have to make the promise. And you made a promise to your mom and your family. So of course, you got to just move with that. And that was not about just me, as I mentioned. That was about the hope that the city, the Kandahar province had from me. It was so difficult. Being a woman in Afghanistan is so difficult. And what about that in really young, in age of 16, you're fighting with the people who are 53, 65, and you're trying to give them a new change, a new formula, a new way of the work, how to engage with the woman. In their houses, you know, sometimes they say we don't allow any woman to talk to us in our houses. They just cook and they just provide us. And I'm like, wow, I have not raised that way. So no. That's, that's amazing. You've challenged a lot of existing mindsets and you took on a lot at a young age. There's a whole generation of Afghans like you that grew up under democracy. I've been of the view, Serena, that Afghanistan, because of folks like you who grew up under democracy, who were able to go through education all the way through university in Afghanistan, that especially young women like you, that Afghan society is, is somewhat changed as a result of that. And so that the Afghanistan of 1996 is not the Afghanistan of 2021. What is your reaction to that? 
that's really you're really right about that because you know the 20 years of hard work Afghan people and also international community we had a lot of achievement there was a lot of changes and we can see in Kabul people like the way I see in America and Washington DC the way they wake up early morning go to their offices you know freely in Afghanistan in, in Herat especially in Ewandu in Kandahar which was a capital of Taliban people and women like me were so active and they would do their own activities had their own organization their small businesses so close to compete with the other countries. And even though with the neighbor country, we were really above of in million ways, I would say a, a lot. But what happened right now, you know, seeing all those things are getting an equal to zero is really painful for me, even though personally, because when you work so hard on something and you lose it for nothing, can you get back to the point that is it will take more than 20 years right now? I would say 45 years to get back where we were a few months before. It's not that easy. It may sound that, okay, most of the Afghan family get out of there, but you know who, we still have Afghan people who are there and leaving. And it's not just about the Afghan people, it's about the land, it's about the Afghanistan name, it's about the hard work, it's about the people that died and their blood. So I think it's really painful to see what is happening right now. But is there a possibility of a change? Of course there is. Of course, there is a possibility of a change and change in a different way. Maybe the different way will be better than a lot of way. But it just depends to like how smart they're going to work right now with this new team. You've alluded to this, but I keep hoping that the significant advancements in human rights that you represent, the advancements in girls' education and women's rights, a free media, a right to education for all, improvements in the economic development of the country, reductions in poverty, major health improvements, significant experiences with democratic governance, imperfect, just like as is imperfect in the United States. Obviously, we've taken a terrible, terrible step back. But are some of those gains, you know, salvageable, if you will? I think, yeah, in some part, it will take, of course, it will take a time. We cannot expect everything to be normal really fast. But yes, right now, it's not about the security of Afghanistan anymore. People left everything to the terrorist group already. So right now there is no expectation of, okay, we needed security. We shouldn't talk anymore about that because the security is in the hand of the terrorist group. So of course they're not going to attack themselves. They wanted the government and they have it right now, the land. It's about like how to work with the people who are there to build up the economic part. Because I think economic part is really important right now for Afghan people. I have a contact with a lot of people and they call me and they ask me that how we can support and how we can raise the fundraising and do's and stuff. But how long we are going to do that? We have to do something inside of Afghanistan back. The offices, the project need to be started back with them. I'm not going to go and touch up on the political part because I think it's going to take a lot of time for some of the countries to kind of consider the Taliban new, the new that terrorist team to get back to the government part and how the government and how their law and policy is going to be applied because some women are still not allowed to work. The music is down. And even though yesterday, one of the team member of Taliban who is on social media, really active person, he said that they're not allowed to sing anymore. No singers anymore in Afghanistan. They're going to pay them money to just stay at home, especially women. They're applying their rules back the way it used to be. But this time they're applying it with a calmness and with a new technique that to convince people. But it's impossible because we had the freedom from 20 years. We had the taste of the freedom, the democracy. Right now, it's not going to be that easy. People give up on that. No, it's not. People are scared enough and they're just waiting for a moment. When to get out of Afghanistan, one thing. Second, rebuild back the stuff inside of Afghanistan slowly, slowly with the time. 
So, but what would you say to younger women or younger girls who are sort of 12 or 15 who are still in Afghanistan right now? What is your message to them? I think right now, no message is going to give them any kind of hope. The dreams that they had, everybody's thinking that it's all gone. They wake up from a dream. There is no dream anymore for them. But still, I would say we need to believe. We have faith. We have to keep going with what we have been through. Worse situation than that in the history if we go back. The only one thing is just keep doing what you're doing. Don't lose the hope and move forward for your dream. Everything is going to come up, you know, together. Everything, the in- entire international community is working on that. Maybe it will take time, but it will come together. Things are going to be not perfect the way it used to be. And even though back in the government time, nothing was perfect there. We all know that. Every single day we had a bomb. Still, it's not perfect either. But right now, at least we can work back on some of the stuff that is need to be and have to be. Serena, I really appreciate you coming on today. Thanks for what you've done. You're an inspiring person to me. I think you represent a different kind of a future for Afghanistan. And it's important that you stay involved in what happens in Afghanistan. And so I'm so pleased you would take time to to join me for this conversation on my podcast today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me here. Thank you. I appreciate that. If you enjoyed this podcast, check out our larger suite of CSIS podcasts from Into Africa, The Asia Chessboard, China Power, AIDS 2020, The Trade Guys, Smart Women, Smart Power, and more. You can listen to them all on major streaming platforms like iTunes and Spotify. Visit csis.org slash podcasts to see our full catalog 